The long and winding road leads us here to the doorstep of the postseason. One win, a little bit of help away from ending 17 seasons of misery. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Now, how many quarterbacks have you ever seen hurdle anyone? He throws. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you're listening to us. You're listening to the Red, White and Buffalo Blues, a UK Bills podcast. As always, my name is Matt and joined by Alex. Hey there. Today is, well, this episode is all about the fans. As we introduce a segment, hopefully we should get it a little bit more on the podcast, the fans mailbag. Now you can get your questions to us via our Facebook group, search for the Buffalo Bills UK, through Twitter at BillsBackersUK. You can use the hashtag AskTheBillsHosts, or even if you're on Instagram and you follow us on Instagram, just look for UK underscore Bills. So we'll get into that section a little bit later on. So first of all, up and coming is the latest news. And first of all, we're going on to talk about the OTAs. Now we've had the voluntary and the mandatory. And as they're just pretty much in shorts, not really any physical contact, you could say that it's hard to um, determine what and who impressed a lot. But looking through through reports and all that, I can see that training camp will be very, very competitive. I mean, you've got the likes of Dawson Knox becoming a firm favourite now of Josh Allen, taking advantage of the injury, unfortunate injury to Tyler Croft. You've got Mike Love, who's been getting reps in, on the second team, replacing Eddie Yarbrough at left defensive end. So another interesting position to watch. And then you've got, in the secondary, you've got Kevin Johnson and Levi Wallace going head-to-head with Johnson actually having a stellar OTA. But as, you, as we say, it is just shorts. There's no real contact in there. But the one person I'm really looking forward to seeing more in training camp is uh, is Saron Neal. Obviously, they listed him as safety last year, but this year he's actually been playing more of the um, the nickel cornerback. So he's got that versatility and he's been making a lot of plays. So watch out for him in training camp. Yeah, I've spent the last few weeks um, focusing on baseball instead of OTAs. I don't, uh, I don't put a lot of stock in anything that comes out from this. Um, obviously, we're not paid to do this, so that's why I didn't pay attention. Obviously, guys that are working on the Buffalo News and you know the, the radio show in Buffalo, they need to pay attention. They need to talk about this. But it's to me, it's all – you can get lost in it. Yeah. Um, and you can, you can overhype a guy. You can, you can build up a guy's st- uh, stock, and, and then he gets cut in week two of, of training camp. So um, I just – the only thing I make sure of is that no one is, is, is injured. No one gets hurt. That's really important to me. Obviously, there's the Tyler Croft injury. Um, we, had, we had him starting, right? Yeah. 
I had him. Um, I did have him starting over. Um, yeah. over Kroom. Um, but as, as you say, it it is just training camp. Yeah, that was that was a big addition in the off season. So obviously, you mentioned Dawson Knox going to fill in the role, Jordan Kroom a lot. So, yeah, that's probably what I would say the biggest thing coming out of OTAs. Um, other than that, it's the first time that like players and and front office kind of talk to the media. So <clears throat> there was one Brandon Bean quote that I found very interesting when he was talking about Josh Allen. He talks about how um, it, he's not worried about his accuracy so much. It's more um, the thing that Josh Allen needs to work on is his decision-making, said Brandon Bean. Uh, Josh is a very confident young man who believes he can make any throw, and in year one that may have been to his detriment. So I think that's really important to hear um, kind of makes you think back and like obviously the plan never was to have him start so mm. they wanted him to kind of learn the game mentally so uh, a lot is going to be put on josh allen this year obviously in his decision making being a, a year in now and even even allen he was quoted as saying um he didn't do a very good job last year he was being pulled in every which direction uh, this year, it's moving a lot slower for him. He's talking with Brian Dable about what works, what doesn't Ken work. Dorsey. Yeah, building the trust there. And um, so that's going to be really good. Um, but that's really the only thing I took out of OTAs is the Croft injury and um, what should have happened with Allen last year and, and what's what they're going to be working on this year. Training camp yeah. is where I'm going to start really paying attention to what's going on. Yeah. I mean, the injuries have played quite a bit part, but obviously training camp, it's, the Bills announced uh, recently that they're bringing back the um, the Embedded series. Now, I, I don't know if, like me, you watched it last year. gave us a real good yeah. insight, almost like a, you could almost say it rivals the Hard Knocks mm-hmm. series. It's our version of that, yeah. Yeah, but they're bringing back a second series with more behind-the-scenes footage, and to me, I really enjoyed it, and I can't wait for it. It gives you a great insight to players' lives outside of the um, of the training field. It obviously gets you into behind the scenes at newer stadium, at training camp, and just get to know the players a lot more. So that's something I'm definitely looking forward um, looking forward to to watching. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I really enjoyed watching it. It 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 strengthens the bond between fan and player normally. Mm. I mean, obviously what we root for, at least what I root for is the logo and the city and the team. But when you're bad, you have to find something and a show like this will allow you to kind of create like a faux relationship with the player. Kind of be like, Hey, that guy's cool. I want to root for this guy. I hope he does well, um, even more than what you normally would. Um, that's one of the good things about social media. Um, when the player says the right things online, you know, you create that kind yeah. of relationship. Um, hopefully no one says anything stupid or on Twitter yeah. or videos. I mean, in the videos, they're going to edit out anyone saying anything stupid. But, oh, yeah. And on Twitter, you know, got everyone except for, you know, like, remember uh, – God, was Twitter big when Ocho Cinco was around? Uh, I think like it was. Just I think it was in his infancy. Yeah. Man, what a mess that would be. Yeah, <laughs> I, 
I mean, what you're saying about that, obviously, social media players, obviously, engaging with the fans and all that. Yeah, just seen tweets from from Matt Barkley actually um, defending him in these um, and was it these fan rankings that was um, that were introduced that were yeah, actually uh, yeah. published. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that real quick too, as part of our news blast here. Um, the Bills, some nerdy analytics guy, marketing guy, uh, ranked all the fan bases, and you would think Bills would be up to the top. I mean, we go to every game, we tailgate hard, we're loud no matter how win or lose, but we got ranked 19th. Mm. And the thing that did it for me that made me kind of not care at all about these rankings was that the Chiefs were in the bottom five, and the Chiefs historically are the loudest fans at yeah. every home game all every year. So, <clears throat> I mean, I'm a marketing student. I mean, I've taken – I've studied it, and, you know, reading the full report – I mean, it it really comes down to stuff that you can put numbers on, like um, how much fans spend, social media interaction, and away game presence. So it's not really about how passionate fans are. It's just about how they spend their money and what they mm. do online. Yeah. Which, I mean, obviously the top five, you're going to have fans that have a lot of money. You know, people in New England, they're top five. The Giants, they're top five. The Cowboys, they're top five. And those three teams have been in the top five of this ranking for the last three years. Mm. So that's not how you gauge a fan. I mean, I know a lot of people who own Bill's jerseys that can't name me who the players are. Yeah. That's not how you do fan base, you know? I mean, you just got to look at the fact that obviously the, the Twitter gate incident with the, um, with the votes, but not just that, but the way they've engaged with, with each other and obviously with with charities like for as part of Pancho Bila's um, wish you've got mm-hmm. after the whole Twittergate storm they actually donated to a Tennessee children's um, children's uh, hospice yeah what we with Buffalo the as well so it I do believe it is actually um, they just take it just from popularity more than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, these the way that these rankings were placed, the emphasis that was used to the decisions that were used, the factors that were used to make these rankings inconsequential. I mean, I wouldn't consider that to be how you rank a fan base because then, I mean, every year it's just going to be the rich people in New England, the rich people in Dallas. You know, I mean, that's 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 how it goes. You know, the, yeah. the New York fans. So yeah, that's where money spent but, and. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah, one last little bit of news. Um, OJ Simpson on Twitter. Nope, no, no. I'm not talking about him. We're not talking about that. We're skipping uh, that. Don't tell guess... anyone his Twitter handle. No, I can't no. remember. It off by heart. I think, was it real OJ32 <laughs> oh, or something? I'm not sure. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, just, uh, that's we'll, unbelievable. We'll, uh, yeah, let's just move on from that awfulness um <laughs> into something not... a bit more bit yeah. more um bit more fun and a bit more uh bit more engaging we'll go to the um let's go on to the mailbags after this uh after this short break yep stay with us and welcome back to the red white and buffalo blues a uk bills podcast now we're going into the uh the segment that we hope over time we'll get a lot more interaction and something we are really looking forward to um to doing it's time for the uh, the fan mailbag. 
And I'm starting with a question um, which came in from Twitter from uh, Phil Arnold. Um, he said he sent it in before, but I think at that point, I think the last time we did it, I think we did miss it. So Phil, apologies for that. Uh, he goes for a more general question to ask the hosts. Uh, what college teams do you support and what teams do most people from Buffalo in college football and other sports follow? NBA, Major League Baseball, football. So obviously, question is, who else yeah. do you follow other than the, um, so, the Bills? I'd say for college football, um, I mean, we do have a team, the University of Buffalo Bulls. Um, who just kind of got good over the last few years. I wouldn't say good. I mean, they're never going to be top 25 ranking or anything like that. But um, I'd say college football is not that big in Buffalo. Um, mm. If it is, it's people who went to a college, then moved back to Buffalo. I mean, yeah. I know a lot of Notre Dame fans. Obviously, they're huge. I know a lot of Ohio State fans. They're huge. It's basically um, just any kind of association you have with a university. That's kind of how you're the fan of. Um, I don't watch much college football. I don't pay attention to any of that until the, um, <clears throat> the season's over and, the, and we start talking about the draft. Um, I really follow all the other sports. So I'm a I'm big baseball, hockey, and football guy. So the two major baseball teams in Buffalo are going to be you would you would think it'd be like the Yankees because it's New York, but obviously yeah. it's not that close. I mean, it's an eight-hour drive from Buffalo to, to New York. Um, there's a lot of Yankees fans, though, a lot of Red Sox fans, a lot of Blue Jays fans, um, all kind of mixed in. I mean, we do have a minor league team, the Buffalo Bisons, who are the minor league club of the Toronto Blue Jays, previously the New York Mets, previously the Cleveland Indians. Those kind of affiliations change all the time. So, um, yeah, it's with the other sports, it's really a mixed bag. Um, I don't know many basketball fans. I mean, we had a team in the 70s, the Buffalo Braves. They moved on to be the L.A. Clippers, but um, those allegiances didn't carry over. Uh, and then the excitement for basketball kind of died down. When you don't have a team, you don't care, kind of. Mm. So that's yeah. there's not really a big college football thing. There's not really a big basketball thing at least that i know of in my circle i mean you go to a sports bar on a saturday uh it's going to be full of guys wearing uh college football jerseys and stuff so i mean it's there um i guess i just can't speak to it but um yeah uh nhl obviously the buffalo sabers um there's really no one else there that anybody will follow diehard sabers fans um, even though they've been awful the yeah. last few years. Uh, they're, they're actually going to be in Sweden in November to play the Lightning, and I'm going to that game. That's pretty exciting. Oh, nice. My team out here. But, yeah, <clears throat> I think the, ma the major point of this question is about the college football, and um, not really much, at least in the circle that I used to run with. Um, yeah. And in Girls. terms of what I would call soccer, what you call football, I think that's when you mentioned football. Um, yeah. There's – Maybe only two – I'm going to say football. So there's only like two <laughs> football bars in Buffalo. One was on the corner of my street. Um, I forget the name of it. God, it's been a while now. Um, but, yeah, they would show all of the Premier League matches um, Saturday and Sunday morning at like 7, 8 a.m. 
Um, yeah. I went down there for one Arsenal match, and it was a it was it was packed. I mean, they have a good following at that bar there, um, but it hasn't really gotten that big. I remember when the world the last time the U.S. was in the World Cup, um, down by the the Sabers Arena in Harbor Center, um, where uh, down by the water there, they had a big screen and they showed the game, mm. and there was a really big turnout for that. I mean, there's always going to be that kind of U.S. pride. Yeah, national team, but um, I'm not going to say that at all. There's a specific, a large contingent of football fans for either, you know, um, any of the big teams. No big Man City, Man U, um, Arsenal. I mean, the big t- Liverpool. There's the teams. I mean, you'll see like 30 to 40 people come out and support a, t- a team. Yeah, uh, but yeah, unless it's a Buffalo team, it's very spread out. And that was a really long answer that it went way, way longer than it needed to be. Sorry <laughs> well, gonna, about that. I, I was going to say, so you're nailing your you're nailing your colours to a um, a Premier League team. What team is that? Yeah, uh, me. It's it's the it's Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Oh, fair enough. Uh, it was a it was a very weird way that came about. I was um I was at a video game convention uh, in Boston called PAX East, and there was a FIFA tournament. A friend of mine was a big football fan, and he talked me into joining the uh, the tournament. And I just hit random, landed on Arsenal, and then they were my team ever since. The rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, me. Um, well, obviously, football. I am a diehard West Ham United fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, born and bred East London. Born a mile from the ground. It runs in the family. So. That's that's soccer. I mean, I'm yep. not. I've just started getting into to um, NHL, so I, I obviously do look at at the Sabers. Mm-hmm. Obviously, keeping it keeping it Buffalo. Yeah. And college football, it I have followed quite a lot of of the Buffalo Bulls. Um, I will follow them thing, but I haven't really nailed me down a um an actual team the team i followed i watched the most would be the bulls but i think with me i just enjoy all college football and obviously i love i love the ball games and obviously the draft i mean it's something that helps me and i do like to do a little bit of um scouting here and there so i'll be watching various games but probably say buffalo bulls would be the would be the main Mm-hmm. main team I would I would look out for. Yeah. Um the QB I mean, for the Bulls, uh signed by the Bills this offseason. Tyree Jackson. Yep. So that's interesting. Uh, yep, and they are rooting for him. And they've also got they also got cornerback um they they've got out of um out of the Bill out of the Bulls um Cam Lewis. Yeah. Cornerback, his undrafted free agent. Oh, I, there was a there was a wide receiver a few years ago. His name escapes. Name and Roosevelt. Yeah, Name and Roosevelt. Great job there. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. That came out. He had a few. He had a I, few plays too. Yeah, I like. I liked him. I, I wish yeah. they had actually um, kept him because I thought he would do a. He could have done a good job, and now he's just killing it in um, in the CFL. Mm-hmm. Good for him. But no, it's, apart from that, I mean, personally, I I watch pretty much most most sports. I mean, yeah. in the UK, I don't know if you. You've seen it or heard about it, but Speedway. Motor- is that racing? I assume. 
Pretty much, yeah. yeah. It's um, it's almost like similar to motocross, but they're just pretty much going an oval for four laps with, with no brakes, going naught to sixty in about three seconds. Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds dangerously fun. Yeah, there's a fair few, fair few crashes, and obviously, I do. I do follow the um, the Formula One. I mean, my Speedway team is the team that are where I'm from, or where I live at the moment, Pool, so the Pool Pirates. But apart from that, I pretty much watch any any sport going pretty much. And I would say Formula One and Rugby League, Rugby Union are probably the next, um, the main ones I do watch. Yeah. How's basketball over here? Uh, well, basketball and hockey, that's... They're starting to get a bit more exposure on um, on Sky Sports now, so mm. it's starting to grow. Um, I know ice hockey is starting to become fairly fairly more popular now. So That's good to hear. That was my that was my number one sport for the longest time. Yeah. Yeah. No, so I think it's 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 it's, gro- it's growing. There, mm-hmm. I think it's going to take a little bit longer, but yeah. I can see it coming uh, coming in. Mm-hmm. I heard you mentioned uh, West Ham. So this weekend, actually, uh, at the at their stadium, at London Stadium, the Red Sox and Yankees are playing a back-to-back set Saturday, Sunday. I'm going to that. So this weekend, tomorrow morning, I'm leaving for London to watch the uh, Red Sox and Yankees play at the West Ham Stadium. I'm really excited for that. Yeah. worked out perfectly how, like, I'm over here at the exact same time that my team is playing. <laughs> as ridiculous as it sounds, I'm the Red Sox fan. Their number one rival is the Yankees, and that's who my wife is a fan of. So Ooh. you got to figure. I'd like to say that most of our arguments are, are stemmed from that. Uh, she, yeah. would, she would disagree. She would say that most of our arguments are my fault. But um, <laughs> I put it on just our disagreement about our baseball team. Uh-huh. But, yeah, that'll be pretty cool. If anybody's going out for that, enjoy yourself. Um, so next question from on twitter from abyssinolator sorry if i ruined your twitter name i think i say pronounce it yeah all right um says uh i'm 52 and relatively healthy good for you uh considering the past 20 years of mediocrity and no real indication that things are changing for the better will i see the bills in a super bowl in my lifetime that is a fantastic question Um, it is well if you're if you're 52 you 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 have seen them in a Super Bowl, unfortunately. You maybe weren't a fan back then, um, and that's also that's good and bad. If you missed the '90s Super Bowls, um, skipping out on that heartbreak. But yeah, I guess your question is mostly about the future of the Bills. Are we going to make it to a Super Bowl? What do you think? I'm saying yes. Maybe it might not be for another five years, possibly, but I could see us in the next next five years potentially getting to a super bowl whether we win it or not is a is another question but i can i can see us doing that i think the way the mcbean ran bean sean mcdermott are actually building the roster and their process and what they're actually um what they're trying to achieve i think it's taken its time it's taken what we're into their third third year now uh, second year Mm. with the bowl was the offensive coordinator but what they've actually done who they've selected josh allen to be the obviously the franchise quarterback you've got tremaine edmonds as your um as your quarterback of the defense you've got ed oliver tradavius white so 
they're starting to get those building blocks in good places and yeah. after all the all the fracas with um Doug Whaley blowing loads of money, but obviously High Rex Ryan it going wrong there. Mario Williams from Marcel Darius, even though I still I still love Marcel Darius as a player. I've still got his um a ball he signed for me when he came over to London. Um but it's it's those contracts and how Doug Whaley was, as he said, was a talent evaluator, which set us back. But the way McBean has come in, have come in, they've totally gutted out, put their own process and really got drafted players and signed players that would fall under their their mantra and are in the same same boat and trust in the process and pushing pushing forward. So I think what they're doing, especially finding gems like Robert Robert Foster for example yeah see picking those gems up and even getting those backup players that are going to they're going to contribute i think is a lot better than what i've seen in my in my time supporting the bill so i i would say yeah give it about give it five five years or so i can see us back in the um back in the super bowl i mean that's that's optimistic as can be i uh, if we don't do anything this year then next year is the last year for Bean and McDermott. Then you know you got to think, right? I mean, yeah, they're, they're always on. I mean, front office personnel, coaches, you're always on a short leash if you can't do better than not eight and eight, nine and seven. So, um, if mm. they can turn it around this year, build on that next year with a strong draft again, probably a yeah. wide receiver in next year's draft, probably defensive. I don't know next year. Defensive but, um, end, most likely. Yeah, defensive end, cornerback. Um, Tom Brady retiring. Uh, we need to get out. First things first, we need to get out of the AFC East, and I don't think that the Dolphins are going to be much of trouble. The Jets are working towards it. The Jets, us and the Jets are on kind of the same trajectory. Yeah. I want to say that we're maybe a year ahead of them. Mm. So. Yeah. Get I, out of we get out of the AFC East wild card until Brady retires then it's us and the Jets going forward um, yeah yeah I, I see playoffs in a year or two and if they can keep building if it's not just a flash in the pan one and done thing if they keep building it's playoffs in two it's contender in three or four yeah I mean mm. as long as there's not a big stumble so yeah no, it's 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 going to be interesting for sure. I mean, it's it's getting those, as we say, it's getting those building blocks in place. Mm-hmm. I think even if we just missed the playoffs this year, I think next year potentially, yeah, is playoff or bust. Hopefully, hundred percent, hundred percent next year playoff or bust. Yes. Uh, next question. It's, well, uh, yeah, stay healthy, Abyss. Yep. Stay healthy. Stay healthy. Five, ten more years. All right. We're Maybe gonna another get twenty. We're going to get there. Another 20, but hopefully another 20 of, uh, yeah. not mediocrity, but uh, but success. Success, yeah. Next question came from from Facebook. It's from Chris Wilde. He goes, uh, some interesting positions, position battles in training camp. I'd like to hear, and interesting to hear, 
what our predicted O-line would be come week one against the Jets. He's gone for Dion Dawkins, left tackle, Spencer Long, left guard, Mitch Moore, center, Quinton Spain, right guard, and Cody Ford at right tackle. Yeah, I'm going to say, barring any injury, that looks to be the way I would go, too. Um, the the biggest question marks for me are is at both guard spots. Um, there's depth there at the guard spots where, I mean, Jeremiah Sarles is not going to challenge Dawkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cody Ford is not going to be challenged. But, I mean, everybody can kind of go in and out of the guard spots. Mitch Morris is locked in. Um one of the most yeah. important things about offensive line is building that kind of camaraderie, that that community, trust, um, you know, chemistry. So you might see guys coming in and out throughout the year, and I would I would maybe say by by mid season is who you're going to kind of lock in. I mean, they're going to finish training camp with a depth chart, obviously. Yeah. And guys get injured on the line all the time. If someone goes down for one game and someone has a big game, they might stay in. Um, but, yeah, the guard spots for me are the biggest question mark. But Dawkins, Morse, and Ford, that's who I'm locked into. Watch out for training camp to see who, what happens at the guard positions. Yeah. I mean, mine is it, oh, definitely lock Mitch Morse center. You wouldn't, you wouldn't make him the highest-paid center not to uh... – Right. Not to start him and actually or cut him, so I think that's that's um, set in stone. I do see Quinton Spain actually um, staying at um, or making the right guard his um, his own. He's come from Tennessee. He he's been good in the run and pass block. Maybe not elite elite, but he's actually that one where Mister Dependable pretty much. Yeah. And if it is Cody Ford at right tackle. Cody Ford will have Mitch Morse, Quinton Spain, both seasoned veterans in there helping him out. Now, for me, it's the tackles and left guard, which I think are going to be the most interesting one. I'm, I do think that Ty Inseki will challenge either Ford or Dawkins for one of those tackles. I feel initially it's going to be potentially be Dawkins. I've got Feliciano only because he's he's known to Bobby Johnson, played with Bobby Johnson. I think he's got that he's got that knowledge of how he wants to play and fits the system quite well. Um, Mitch Morse, Quinton Spain. And to start with, so week one, whether it be happening week two, week three or not, I have at the moment Inseki. I think he he is the wild card in this. He's the he will be that swing tackle, that main swing tackle. But I think he could start at right tackle, but I do think that Cody Ford, if he has a really, really strong training camp, I know McDermott doesn't always like to play the rookie straight away in the in the first string in training camp. He likes him to earn that respect. Yeah, and I uh, think he's definitely gonna earn it. Yeah. So I think I think to start with, it's going to be the tackle is definitely going to be the most interesting battle. As say, I could even see it being in Zeki and Ford. It's just hard to hard to say. But hand on heart, I want it. I hope it is Dawkins, 
um, Feliciano, Moore, Spain, and Ford. But as I say, it, it's, as Chris said, it's going to be one of those interesting camp battles that everyone's going to to look for and even don't rule out Wyatt Teller. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's come in, he played a bit left, left guard, right guard, so he's already familiar with the system. So it will be an interesting um, training camp for sure. Yeah, I think they're really going to focus on guys who can pass block. I mean, who can run block. Mm. Um, Pro Football Focus ranked the Bills' pass block efficiency last year as 85.5. That's 12th in the league. So we did okay on passing downs. I think the reason why we were worried about Josh Allen scrambling all the time is because he bounced out so often. And yeah. He got nervous and he bounced too early. Um, but, yeah, when you look at Pro Football Focus's rushing grades for us, we're at the bottom. So they're going to really find guys who can do both and with more of an emphasis probably on the running game to be able to protect Josh Allen. Uh, I hate saying that because it's a passing league. The future is passing. The present is passing. And uh, if we're going to be worrying about running all the time, then, you know, what did we sign these wide receivers for? Uh, We have four wide receivers now. Uh, Let's not focus too much on run blocking. Let's just make sure that we can get our passing down increase yeah. from that 12 let's get top 10 and pass defense um, um pass blocking mm. so yeah I, I hope that the focus isn't on how good these guys are in run defense it's it's a focus on yeah. pass, pass blocking I, yeah and that, obviously it, it, it everyone's gonna say now saying it's a passing league all that but i understand them wanting to get players and offensive linemen that are good against the um against the run because as I've probably meant, we probably mentioned many times. I know I have. If we can get that run game going, that will help release Josh Allen on the play action with that yeah. with that cannon. Especially if you've got if you've got Shady at running back, you're gonna have to watch him come out on a play action, and then you've got say John Brown, Robert Foster on on the X and Y, and potentially Zay Jones or NA tight end in there or even Cole Beasley, you've got those guys uh, on a play action. If if the run holds up and we've solved that run quite well, you've got two guys that will actually stretch the field and really test that defense and also keep the defense guessing because you've got two, you've got Beasley, Jones, and or tight end that actually make causing havoc underneath. So I can see where they're coming from getting the run block. But yeah, pass block is is necessary, especially if you're going to face the likes of Stefan Gilmore, mm-hmm. uh, Patrick Peterson, Marcus Peters, all those that will lock down one side yeah. of a field. Yeah. You'll well, want to have that protection in there so he has time to scan that um, scan that field. Yeah, the offensive line will, 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 will look like, will be based off of what kind of offense they want to run. Mm. So you might have the best guy, who's the best, you know, but if he's not the best run blocker, if he's the best overall, but he's not the best run blocker, then he might sit. They might do rotations and stuff like that. I mean, we have so many offensive linemen right now. We'll have a much better idea when they start making cuts, obviously, and then that'll kind of show us what kind of offense they're going to run based off who they pick for the offensive line. But uh, next question is going to come from uh, Chris Spencer from Facebook. He says, um, excluding Kyle Williams, obviously, who is your favorite uh, McBean era bill and why? Hmm, is that uh, hmm? That is that is a good question. It's been such a small era, you know. Yeah, like a few years, but I would 
I would say probably probably Jordan Poyer, to be honest, for me. I mean, he's come in from from the Browns when the Browns win their um mediocre spell and he's come in and has probably become one of the most dominant safeties there are. He he can play the run, he can play the support, he gets the inceptions, he's just that all round underrated player, not just for the Bills, but for the NFL as well. So I I do really do like like him. I think he was one of McDermott's first signings, wasn't he? Yeah, in two thousand seventeen, yeah. Yeah, uh, so I think I think him, I mean, obviously you've got the new guys new guys coming in on if we're going offense and defense, offense I am gonna say potentially Robert Foster. I know it's only one year out, but the way he's actually he came in, he struggled, got cut, came back on the practice squad and then just worked his hardest to get where he is now. I think it shows his, his character, and I do think that he's one of my favourite players to watch because he'll get open, he'll stretch the field, and he is he is going to be that weapon that Allen can trust going forward. Yeah, those are two really, really good picks. I mean, I love Jordan, Jordan Poyer. Um, you, he comes in, and we don't know who he is, and then he just lets his play speak for itself, and he mm. becomes a fan favourite big time. Um yeah, and I mean, Robert Foster, what he did last year, I mean, they got him from nothing. Um, he comes in, he's a nobody, and then the way he transformed this offense at the midpoint in the season. Yeah. Um, we were bad. We finished poorly, but we moved up so many spots in rankings and statistical analysis because of Robert Foster. I mean, those are two really good picks. I'm kind of upset that you picked two. Because those are my two as well, and I kind of was just going to go with the guy that you didn't pick. But, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, great answers on both ends. Um, I mean, Josh Allen is an obvious choice as well. Um, yeah. Just the energy that he brings. Uh, oh, you, you just made me realize one other person, one of actually another defensive player that I really like, probably in the same same bracket as Poya. You're going to say Matt, Matt Milano. Milano. Yeah. Yeah. How did I forget him? There. Yeah. I was all over him in the um in the lead up to the draft. I actually I was actually over the moon that he actually signed. We actually drafted him. Mm-hmm. I missed that. Oh damn. Oh, well. I think that I think that speaks to the kind of player that he is. I mean, yeah. dependable, good, and forgettable. And mm. that's that's kind of better because then maybe other teams might not put too much stock in game planning for you. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's been a great player for us, and um, yep, uh, two thousand another two thousand seventeen player. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they the, those two guys. I mean, they they came in, they they got to work fast getting their guys, and this is just another year of building, and mm. yeah, I mean, they've done it systematically, you know. Yeah. Defense locked in. We're looking at probably a top ten defense here. Yep. And then this offseason, offense. Next year, offense again, probably. And then that's going to be the team. Yeah. So I really like what they're doing so far. Yeah. Next question is from um, NFL in the UK. Um, they go in touch with us on 
on Instagram. They actually check, do check them out on um, on YouTube. Uh, they are a fight. Yeah, they provide all the latest news and views from a UK perspective um, on YouTube. So I've actually watched a, watched a bit of it, and it's actually is actually quite informant. So definitely do guys do actually give them a um, give them a look, give them a subscribe, and yeah, they're so moving on. Their question <laughs> um, he goes, how much are you looking forward to seeing Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, and Josh Rosen? in the same division could it be fun uh competition isn't fun i wish that the division was easy yeah um before rosen came in it was easier um a lot of people say uh, there's a lot of talk about rosen being better than he was in arizona he was used improperly blah 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 uh Mm. miami whole new system new coach um you know so it's gonna be it's it's the best way to gauge how good Allen is though, because yeah. you're 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 seeing him compete against his peers from the same draft. Yeah. I was I wanted us to draft Rosen, um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, it's gonna yeah like I said it's if if they do well I hope that that's a little bit extra motivation for Allen to do well as well. Yeah, compete a little bit harder because he doesn't want to lose out to the guys that he came up with. Yeah, I, I think it is going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see him whether, whether Rosen does enough to to take out Fitzpatrick. Who who knows? But three of them in the same division. All we just needed was. Uh, oh, wait, did did Patriots sign draft someone in the same year? Danny Etling or something like that? I don't. I'm no, not sure. I have, but I have no idea who their backup is. But uh, no, it, it it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. As you say, you you took most of the words that I was gonna say out my out my mouth. It's Allen. It was what second, third quarterback taken. So second, obviously in the AFC East. So obviously he's got stuff to prove. And with the with the improvements he's made and the additions have added, I think competition will be fun it'll be annoying as well because they're going to try and outdo each other all the time could lead to mistakes but the competition and the and the banter and rivalry i know darnold and alan are good friends off the pitch mm-hmm. yeah that will actually make it uh, make a very interesting reading yeah yeah um come i mean competition brings up the best in you so for the player standpoint that's great as a fan I wish the Dolphins, the Patriots, and the Jets always sucked and had the worst teams ever. Yeah. So unfortunately, that's not how the world works, and how the, that's not how the league works. But yeah, it's going to be really good to be able. To, it's going to be really fun from like a media standpoint to compare these three guys in the same division going forward for the rest of their careers, maybe. So mm. yeah. Uh, the next question on Twitter comes from Tim Rudge. He asks, in terms of stats. What do you consider is acceptable for Josh Allen in his second year? Oh, jeez. Do you hear my dog there? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's, it'll, it's she, all, it'll add into it, I yeah, think. She really hates motorcycles for some reason, so <laughs> sorry about that. Um, but, yeah, Josh Allen, what's a good year for Josh Allen next year? I would say over passing yards over three three thousand five hundred touchdowns over or passing over 
over 15. So ball 15 to 20 range. Um, rushing, hopefully a lot less, but I would say probably over over 300. I'm going to go bold on that one. Mm-hmm. And probably under under four rushing touchdowns. Yeah, I think he's going to probably end up having way more rushing touchdowns. They they love using him in the goal line. We'll see depending on, you know, the guys we brought in. But, I mean, <clears throat> I think anything less than 3,500 is a massive disappointment. I mean, you look at the passing leaders. I mean, 3,500 puts him 19th in the league. Um, you want to maybe say that Josh Allen is comparable to Cam Newton, and that's kind of what Cam, du- Cam Newton did last year. 3,300 yeah. yards. 24 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Um, Russell Wilson had 3,400, but he didn't really have wide receivers last year. Um, I want him to be where Baker Mayfield is. Now, obviously, the Browns went out and got OBJ, so they got a better team this year. But last year, Baker threw for 3,700. So kind of be in step with Baker. Be near that upper 3,000s. Um, 25 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Definitely want to keep the interceptions down, you know, like Bean said, decision-making. But, yeah, just be middle of the pack. Be better than Jameis Winston. Be better than Sam Darnold. Dear God, be better than Blake Bortles. I mean, he's not going to be starter this year, but... Um, yeah. Yeah. Be be better than... Be better than Derek Carr? What do you think there? Mm. Probably not. Yes, be- I yeah. would say yes. I mean, he's be as good as Derek Carr. He, I think he could be better. He's Derek Carr's riding on Antonio Brown. Now we know if Antonio Brown gets gets a huffy fuff and uh, and fuss and all that, he won't put it all into him. I think, I think with with Oakland and Derek Carr, I think it all depends on. On Brown, I think he's going to be their go-to. Mm-hmm. They, if if he gets nullified or just gets fed up, I can see him having a bad season. So I would actually say that he's got to be better than Derek Carr. Yeah, with the ta- with think- the other talent that we've got compared to Oakland's receiving court, I could potentially see. I would have. I would say that Allen should be a little bit better than than Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give me Derek Carr, Dak Prescott, numbers, 3,800, 4,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Mm. Um, You know, if you can throw for 20 and run for five or six, then, I mean, I think that's all right. I just, you can't be sub 3,000 as a starter. If you play 16 games and you're under 3,000 yards, then it's not working. Yeah. That goes like on to our next next question. It's uh, again from Twitter. It's from Andrew uh, Jodrell. He said, "Are we going to trade for a tight end?" So you're thinking because the Tyler Croft injury? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we won't need to because when training camp cuts start coming in, we'll just sign a guy. Mm. I mean, someone's always going to get cut. Um, yeah. We have money to go. So, uh, yeah, obviously you're not wanting to start Dawson Knox. I mean, tight ends, rookie tight ends need time. They historically don't do well their first year. Yeah. So, and Jordan Kroom is just a guy, I think. 
Um, so I think we sign a guy, but we don't trade for one. Um, there's just not that kind of market. I mean, I'm not going to give up a pick. Mm-hmm. I'd rather use a fourth or fifth rounder on a backup somewhere else. I don't put yeah. a lot of stock in the tight end position. I know they say it's the quarterback's safety blanket, but I mean, I think that's what Beasley will be this year. Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't see that happening. Yeah, I I maintain that they're gonna they're gonna go with four to start with. Obviously, Tyler Croft will probably be exempt to start with, so I think they'll go into training camp with Croom, Knox, Smith, and Sweeney. I think as soon as Tyler Croft's back, I can see them moving Sweeney potentially to the practice squad. Mm-hmm. I see load load of people saying Jason Croom should be cut, needs to be cut, but I can't see it. He, he, the last part of the season, last season, he he did start to improve, became a yeah. um, came weapon, and he's a converted wide receiver as well. So he's played wide receivers, played tight ends. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the more that, pass catching options for Josh Allen, the better. So. Yeah, I know they're not going to obviously. Then they've put a lot of stock into Dawson Knox. They're not going to to cut him. Tyler Croft, maybe, possibly. I don't see it the way they've again invested money into him. Mm-hmm. I can see him being a starter, and they definitely won't cut Lee Smith. As I say, he's one of the best blocking tight ends in in the um, in the league, and have him on the end to help out as a yeah. as a pass block you you don't cut lee smith and mm-hmm. even so he's very nifty he's a nifty receiver as well even though he didn't he didn't catch much and put up many yards when he was previously with us he's that one where you can get that old sneak sneak trick play in with him just let him block and then fake a block and then go on the outside undetected so it's, it's an option i think those four will Will potentially stick and be the the four. Obviously not. Obviously, um, Croft for Sweeney when he's back. But I can see those those four: Knox, Smith, Croom, uh, and Croft as as the four tight ends for the next for this for the season. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about keeping four. I think they probably go three. But uh, yeah, that's going to be something to keep an eye on. Um, Next up, we have Mark S. He's got some rapid-fire questions for us, so we'll just rock these out real quick. He's got three questions for us. Do you think Shady will be a Bill this season? Yes. Absolutely. I don't see that we trade him. We don't cut him. Uh, we don't need to. If we needed to cut him for money, then yes, but I don't think we need to. If we did, uh, we would have done it last season. Yeah. Favorite sports-slash-American football movie? American American football movie... Toss up between the longest yard with Adam Sandler and the Waterboy. Yeah, um, I I need to give this one more thought because I've seen so many. Um, the first sports movie that comes to mind are the ones from my childhood. You know, um, the Muddy Ducks. Yeah. Um, uh, there's well, what was that one football movie with the kid, Little Giants? Uh, as ridiculous as that one was, and um, yeah. and uh, Angels in the Outfield. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's the really good ones like Rudy and stuff like that. But uh, if I, the first one that comes to mind for me is the Muddy Ducks, and that's going to be my first sports movie that I'm probably going to go to when I think of sports movies. I've got I've got another one which which I do really enjoy watching as well. It's um it's a bit of an old one. It's um Escape to Victory, um starring Sylvester Stallone, Michael Caine, cameos from 
likes of Bobby Moore, Pele, um, and a load of other players. It's actually really, it's a really good watch as well to watch. Prisoner War Camp in um, Occupy France at the end. I'm not even going to spoil the end. Yeah, it's it's pretty much the prisoners versus the German national football team as a propaganda stunt. Oh, really? But it's definitely worth the um worth the watch. I recommend that. And I thought you were I thought you were going to say Air Bud. No. If you've never heard of Air Bud, that's the move. That's the basketball movie with the uh with a, with a dog. That I would have said space. I would have said Space Jam. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Bill Murray, lovely. Yep. My, my number one actor. So, uh, and his last question is, uh, which QB plays in a playoff game first, Allen, Rosen, or Darnold? Allen. It's, it's, it's either Allen or Darnold. I mean, yeah. I think the Dolphins are too far behind, and I think uh, right now, if I had to pick, it's Allen or Darnold. Uh, slight edge I think... to Allen. Um, yeah, I think Darnold's right now the better quarterback. I think Allen's playing on the better team. Yeah, I think I think Darnold he's got that first um, he's got that that new coach, new system, and all that. If it, if it was in with with previous with previous head coach, and you know, I probably would say this year Darnold over over Allen. But with the with chopping changing and the new system he's going to do. Yeah. I think Allen comfortable in the system he's got. He's got a good team around him, and obviously the additions. I see him getting the playoff um, playoff first. Yeah. Uh, the last question is um, again from Twitter. It's from Aidan McKenzie. Uh, which player is most likely to get the first trip or their first trip to the Pro Bowl this season? That's really interesting. Because um, <clears throat> with the Pro Bowl, I mean, obviously, are you talking about voted in or as an alternate? Because I think that um, as a starter, uh, you're probably not going to get a new bill to be in the Pro Bowl this year. It's going to be one of the established guys like Lorenzo Alexander, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde. Um, Josh Allen could slip in as an alternate. Um, uh you know, I would, I would say if it's if it's voted in, and he's actually fully recovered, and in training camp and OTAs he seems to be moving quite well. If voted, I would say Matt Milano. I think he's that he's that linebacker that can that can do it all. We can sack, he can take inceptions, yeah. he can coverage. If it's an alternate, or maybe even another one that could be voted in would be either. Either Poya, Hyde. I would love to say Tre'Davious White, but apparently NFL doesn't don't seem to like him that much, or He's pundits don't seem to like him that much. I don't pay attention to the Pro Bowl. Um, mm. If it was maybe like in the all the other sports do theirs in like the middle of the year, which gives it a little bit more attention. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, so I mean, I can't even say. I have Micah Hyde hasn't made it as a bill, has he? Uh. I think he, he's, he's another one that's gone under the radar. I think I think he's been outshadowed by by Poya, and I do say Poya will be will probably be one of the first two bills to go to the Pro Bowl. But I I, I think Micah Hyde he's he's the most underrated. I think he's he's just under the level Jordan Poya is playing. I mean he's reliable. He's got that veteran presence. I think that he's just being outshone by. My yeah, Micah, Micah Hyde made it in 2017 for the Bills. Ah, fair so, enough. Yeah, if you want to think new Bill, it's probably Poyer or yeah. you know Ed Oliver. 
But mm. yeah, I think someone will make it in probably as an alternate, but not as a first voter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say that's the that's the end of of that uh, of that fan mailbag, the first first fun mailbag. Um, good stuff. Yeah. So hopefully you've got a taste for that. You know what questions you want to want to ask us. As, as I said earlier, please find us on on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Send us your questions. And the next fan show, we will actually answer those questions and bring you our views, as we always do on these um, on these podcasts. Yep. And uh, our third segment, our last segment, will be uh, my first interview and hopefully a series of interviews with you, the fans, about how you became a Bills fan. Uh, I remember I mentioned this in a previous show uh, that I'm fascinated that I found this group and was intrigued about how people in this other country became fans of my hometown bills. So uh, after a short break, this is my interview with Robin. Stay with us. The bills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Throw your head back and shout. Come on now, the bills are making it happen now. Welcome to the inaugural interview uh, with Bills fans about how you became a Bills fan. Uh, to me, growing up in Buffalo, it was quite easy. Um, since I've moved to the UK, it's been very interesting, and I've given a lot of wonder as to how and why people here got into American football and how they became Bills fans. So on the line with me now, I have Robin, and he, we will go through a few questions and just share his story about how he became a Bills fan. Hi, Robin. Hi, Alex. You okay? So uh, off the bat, uh, where in the UK are you from? I'm, I'm currently in uh, South uh, Northamptonshire, so I live in roughly about the middle of England, about an hour or so north of London. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm kind of in that area too. Okay. Um, so, like, uh, how long have you been into American football? When did you first get into it? So probably about 30 years, something like that. So uh, when I grew up in the UK, uh, American football just wasn't really on TV at all, and the new a channel, uh, Channel 4, that was launched in 1982, started uh, showing very brief highlights of American football, and it slowly began to grow in popularity. So around the, the, the late 1980s, there was a, a sort of highlight show that used to be on uh, every Sunday night, and so they'd show you two games um, that they, they'd, they'd show an edit of, uh, starting about uh, half past eight on a Sunday evening. And it was about this season of, probably the, the, the season leading up to Super Bowl Twenty Five. That was the, the first full season that I really started to take an interest. All right. So you would just kind of catch the highlight clips. Well, is that a, would that be on a Sunday night or would that be on a Monday? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was Sunday, Sunday night. It was like half eight till ten. So they tend to show you pretty much the edited highlights of the one o'clock game and yeah. then a little bit of the four o'clock game before they went off air. OK, so uh, starting from there, uh, what drew you to the Buffalo Bills? So um, I'll, I'll try and keep it. I'll try and keep it brief. But um it, the, the Super Bowl 25 season was the first time it, it really got interesting. And obviously that was the time of Jim Kelly and the Kagan and Thurman Thomas. Uh, it was a really exciting team. But I, I wasn't didn't really have a team to support at that time. And so I followed um, kind of like the 49ers because the 49ers were uh, sort of the big glamour team of that time with Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. And so um, the 49ers got beat in the conference game by the Giants, 15-13. Uh, leading up to Super Bowl 25, but I still didn't really have a team. And the first Super Bowl that I ever really remembered was 25. Still one of the great, great ones. Went down to the to the final kick, 
And I remember actually seeing an interview with Jim Kelly about three months afterwards, um, getting ready for the next season. And he was talking about how not a single person in the team blamed Scott Norwood. They all, they all went out of their way to say, our offense should have done a better job. Our defense should have got the Giants off the field. You know, we, it should have been a chip kick. It, you know, there were so many things. No one, not a single person is blaming one player. The team should have done better and should have lost. And I remember thinking very clearly at the time, that's such an incredible attitude to have because we don't really have as much any, anything near that in the UK. We all blame the individual. <laughs> and it was about that point. I mean, it, it, you don't even have to think about David Beckham uh, getting sent off for England in 1998 World Cup and they burnt effigies of him and they, you know, they organised a hate campaign. And it was about that point that I thought, wow, that, I, I love that attitude. And um, for the next season, for the leading up to Super Bowl 26, the Bills pretty much started to become my team. That's great. You know, you, you might think that uh, you might respect the players for saying that, but have you ever heard of the movie Buffalo 66? Uh, no, no, I haven't, but I'll go check it so, out. Yeah, that was a movie made in the late eight, late 90s um, uh, by a guy called Vincent Gallo from Buffalo. Uh, it's not about football exactly. It's about kind of him and how he dealt with that loss. He actually um, creates a character called Scott Wood in the film. <laughs> right. and, uh, to be fair, he's not very nice to the character. So... Um, yeah, it's a really funny way to kind of look at Buffalo and how the fans reacted during that. Um, so it's great to hear that, you know, you, you came to become a Bills fan based off kind of the respect and the humility of the team. And it's it's reflected. Uh, and that's pretty great to hear. Um, so based off that, I mean, being a sad memory, obviously, the Super Bowl loss. Uh, I mean, what would you say is a favorite Bills memory? I think it, it, it's funny. I'm going to slightly cheat and have two. Um, oh, one, right. actually, one actually isn't directly involving the Bills, but it's the uh, the uh, the Andy Dalton to Tyler Boyd throw. I'm just going to say that one. That was New Year's Eve. It was midnight in the UK. Uh, my wife had gone to bed. I said, I'm staying up. We're not going out. You don't understand. The Bills have to beat the Dolphins and then they have to get results to go their way. We have to break the, the, the drought. And we won the game. And it was fourth and 12. And I screamed uh, the place down when Tyler Boyd got that catch. I thought that says everything about football. A team with nothing to play for, just playing to the very last second. They could have just rolled over. And the Bengals, I have so much respect for that team that they just wanted to go out and win the game. And they did. And they played to the end. But bringing it back to the Bills, I think I'm going to have to say the 34-31 against the Patriots in... Was Changeli? So I think I think I'm one. Yeah, Changeli, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Yeah, the Ryan Fitzpatrick. He got he uh, and Fred Jackson ran it right to the goal line and and um, they took it back. Brady got intercepted, I think, two three times. Uh, yeah. Fitz, Fitz had one of his great great games again. You know, great player. Uh, I have nothing but respect for him as well. He, he absolutely gave everything for the team. And that that I thought that season we could have could have broken the drought there. We were three and zero. And, and looking good, and yeah, it didn't work out. Yeah, there's been a lot of seasons like that. <laughs> yeah, I, there's the 4-0 and in 2008 as well. I was yeah. actually in Arizona when I saw the Cardinals game as well. Trent Edwards went off with a concussion. Mm-hmm. That yeah, was, that, that, that season game. we ended up being 5-1 and one even. Yeah. So that was a good number at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Those are two really good memories. I remember exactly where I was at both of those games. Um, obviously, New Year's, I was here uh, at that time. And I remember uh, my wife wanting to go to bed. I'm just like, you know what, let's just watch. They're not, nothing's going to happen. I just, as a Bills fan, I'm just going to take the pain and just watch it. And I did. Yeah, yeah, I think I woke up 
I mean, I sh- no one should have been sleeping. It's New Year's, but I bet you I woke up some neighbors. That, that <laughs> scared my dog, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I have two pets as well. One was on my lap at the time, and uh, yeah, my cat jumped three feet in the air. And I, I ran into the bedroom because then my, my wife started screaming, and I was trying to explain that the Bengals had beaten the Ravens and why that meant the Bills were in the playoffs. And and and, and she was like, right, so they won then. I was like, yeah, yeah, they won. Yeah. But they, another team had to win and they almost weren't winning. And then they was right. It was like fourth and 12. That means like, that's it. Like it's over. You can't win with that. But then they won. And uh, yeah, you, you sometimes can't easily convey that to someone who isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for the the Patriots game, I remember I was at a restaurant in Buffalo, and uh, I mean we were all acting like that was our Super Bowl, which is sad. When I mean a Patriots fan would call us sad for that, but beating them, yeah. me beating them meant a lot at the time. It was just fun. The one of the very few times we can have fun watching this team. So uh, that season amounted to nothing, obviously, but that game was was a lot of fun. I remember we made the cover of Sports Illustrated uh, that month as well. Um, off one of Brady's interceptions. Uh, so yeah, great memories there. Um, finally, yeah, and thank you for your time. Uh, how do you think that they'll do this year? Well, there's a certain there's a certain subset of the Bills fans that think that Josh Allen is the next Messiah. He's he's the next Jim Kelly. He's going to lead us to the promised land. And there's probably a slightly larger number that think that he's overrated and that he can't. You know, he's never going to improve his accuracy. And I personally think he's going to be good enough. Mm-hmm. I think I don't think he's he's not going to be Drew Brees. He's not going to be Peyton Manning, who'll just okay. like direct traffic and lead, just march teams down the field. I don't think he's ever going to be that player. But I think if we have a good defense, we have good receivers, and we've got a good offensive line, he he can be good enough to get us enough wins. He doesn't need to 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 hoist the team on his back. So if you want me to make a prediction, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to say the Bills get 10 wins this this year. I like it. I like the optimism. I definitely am also in that kind of middle ground of there's no way I'm going to call him Drew Brees. There's also no way I'm going to call him Todd Collins. Yeah. So, yeah. It'll be all right. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> uh, thank you, Robin. Thanks for sharing your Bills story. You're welcome. Uh, enjoy the season. And to the rest of you Bills fans listening, I hope that we can connect and share your story as well. Thanks and goodbye. And that's all for today's show. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you do continue to subscribe, leave reviews and continue listening. Next week we look or next episode we look to hopefully do a a rough 53 man prediction, roster prediction. And we're also going to introduce a new segment, the Bills all time team so we'll start off next week with the head coaches and then the next next however many weeks we can go we go for we'll choose each position one by one we'll both of us will give you a player that we think should get a vote and we will put it on twitter on facebook on instagram for you guys to vote and give us your opinion to make it the fan selected all-time Bills roster. So it will be one person from each team, each position. Yep, should be good. So for this time, until next time, good evening, good afternoon, enjoy the rest of your day, and go Bills. Go Bills, and go U.S. Women's National Team. (laughs) Up the France. (laughs) 
Not us. Yeah, not, not us. us. He don't know anything about heart. He don't know anything about work. He, huh? That's who we are. Those on three. One, two, three. Bam.